Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Welcome to New Heights. And for everybody watching online, I just want to take a minute and say thank you for doing so. This is a live service here at New Heights. It means the world to us that you would watch. Many people watch from literally all over the world, both our services live, and then they'll replay them throughout the week. But I did want to extend an invitation on behalf of myself, my family, and everybody here at New Heights. If you're ever in Texas, in the Bryan College Station area, why don't you come out to a New Heights Church service live? I promise we'll make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right, open your Bible to the gospel according to Luke chapter number 19, Luke chapter 19. We're going to get there in just a second, but today's a special day in, in, uh, it's what we call the beginning of Holy Week or Palm Sunday. We'll read a little bit about what Palm Sunday means in the Bible in a few minutes, but it's the beginning of Holy Week and Holy Week surmises at, at Easter Sunday on Resurrection Sunday. The reason we are Christians, and if you are not one, we're going to give you the opportunity to become one here in a few minutes. But the reason we're Christians is because Jesus rose from the dead. I need three people to say amen to that. The fact that he's not dead means I'll follow him anywhere. There's a, there's a a series we started this, this uh, past week. We're calling it Ain't No Grave. And it's based off of a song. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard it. Johnny Cash used to sing it. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. It's been redone uh, by a group called Bethel, which puts out some great worship music. Uh, but they have a, a lyric in there, and it's probably my favorite part of the song now. It says, if he walked out of that grave, I'm walking too. And the reality is, is there is an empty tomb that Jesus borrowed that he wasn't gonna need very long. He borrowed it and gave it back. And if he walked out of that grave, that means that there is no grave that can hold you down either. That means death here is not uh, eternal. It is literally a graduation for believers to life eternal. Can you say amen to that? But it's Easter week, it's Holy Week. So if you're on our first touch team, just wave at me. If you serve in any area at all, number one, Thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, I, I am going to encourage you, though. This Wednesday, we have Brother Ivan Tate coming. And I've asked him uh, specifically to really pour into our First Touch team this Wednesday. Because the, there's one thing very powerful about serving the house of God. And if you're not on our First Touch team, you can stop by the table in the lobby right on the other side of that wall. And we'll get you connected. Uh, but what it is, is in the body of Christ... The people that serve, they see the miracles. And, and more miracles happen in those environments than, than almost anything else. Because this, this is a service where we all get together and, and everything uh, uh, moves forward. And a lot of times, especially the, the minister or, or the, the worship team, they kind of get a lot of the, the attention. And, and there's a lot of honor that, that, that's due there, that it's all in line with the Bible. But there's so many things happening right now. There are literally a dozen people throughout this building that are just making sure that those online can actually hear what's being said right now. 
There's a, there's a, a sound and a sound engineering department. This is the back of this room that if they, if they weren't here right now, Literally everything is being put together that there's people that make sure that we're able to find a place to park, even though, you know, I know we don't have enough parking, praise the Lord, we're going to get some more, but, but there's people that are, you know, uh, making sure that the place is secure because in 2019, you know, we're not going to stick our head in the sand and just let somebody walk in here and say and do what they want. We have people all around you. Some, some you can see some are incognito. That are making sure that this is a safe place. Not just in here, but where the children are. Where the babies are. Nobody's just walking in here. Uh, we have, we have uh, moms and, and ladies that are ministering to the little babies. Even right now, uh, while, they're, while they're in there and, and, and making sure they're happy with their Cheerios. They're teaching them. They're telling them how Jesus wants to be their best friend and loves them. And then our other classes are going on. So literally, all these things are going on. But, but sometimes it's important for us to get together, come on, as a, as a body of believers and just be built up. So I'm excited about Brother Ivan coming. I've asked him to come in here and just flow in the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Uh, be led of the Lord. But it's going to be a powerful, powerful time. Also, uh, for Easter, we have the funeral coming up. If you've, who here has never been to the production that we call the funeral? You've never been. Just raise your hand. It's going to blow your mind. It's a modern day depiction of a funeral for Jesus where we will hear from those that followed him as well as those that killed him. And they will talk about the emotions that they're going through. We'll hear from, from Jesus' mom and what it would have felt like to watch her son be murdered in front of her when she knew he could stop it all. It's a very, very, very powerful picture that, that really brings some gravity to the fact that though it sounds poetic when we talk about the cross, Jesus was literally killed for you and me. Literally gave his life. So those of you who haven't seen it, you're going to love it. Three, five, and seven on Good Friday. Pick one. It's going to be wonderful. But also bring your friends and family. You can talk your friends and family to come to a play. You can talk them into coming to a play that you might not be able to talk them into coming to a church service. And then what will happen is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God will get on them. The power of the gospel will get on them. Their whole life will be changed. Saturday morning, we're going to get together for Easter Fest. That's going to be uh, all of us hanging out, having some food, um, uh, finding some Easter eggs. Come on, we're going to have an egg toss. I should have brought a bunch of eggs in here. I'm probably going to win it. I'm the returning champion 2018. I need a championship belt, egg tosser. Uh, but then that's from nine to noon. And then our first Easter service is actually Saturday. Everybody say Saturday, Saturday. at five o'clock. So we're going to get together uh, at five o'clock. That's our first service. And then uh, Sunday morning, we're having three. Everybody say three. three. One for every day that Jesus was dead. <laughs> that's funnier than I thought, you know. <laughs> anyway, the first one's at eight. And it's a one-hour service, one hour. We're going to be saying amen and out the door at nine because we're going to have hundreds more people for the 930 service and then hundreds more people for the 1130 service. So if you want to come to a shorter service, come to the eight o'clock service because we're going to be done at nine. Thank you for not saying amen to that because 
I can tell some of you are like, I really want to say amen because I like short church, but <laughs> it's going to be good. So what I'm asking you to do, especially our first touch team, reach out to your leader, find out the best place to put your hand to the plow this coming week. Easter weekend is a work day for the body of Christ. There are days when, and we do it all year, we do our best to go in every means and method to get the fish. But on Easter, the fish come to us. Everybody just knows, or generally speaking, they just know they need to come to church. So be in prayer this week about uh, the people that God's going to send to our church, as well as the people that he's sending to all the other churches. Can you say amen to that? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, for this holy week, we lift it up to you. There's always a great catch of people, of fish this week. So we lift up every church under heaven that, that, that celebrates Jesus. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would strengthen us, that you would help us, that you would draw the lost from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that you would anoint every first touch team member that's pulling the plow with a grace and a compassion for the lost, Lord God, that we would all see the fruit of our labor this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Give God a big hand of praise. Easter's going to be awesome. Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. This is the uh, depiction of what is called the triumphant or triumphal entry. It's when Jesus began to walk down the street and people began to celebrate him and many were waving palm branches. Uh, your kids will all have a palm branch today and they're being taught about Palm Sunday as well. But it's when Jesus was being celebrated as he was entering in. So Luke 19 and verse 29 says this, and it came to pass when he was come nigh or near to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, go ye into the village over against you, the, the village over there in which, uh, when you're entering, you're going to find a colt tied up where no man has ever sat on him, a wild, untamed, unbridled, unbroken colt. He said, loose him and bring him here. And if any man asks you, why do you loose him? You say unto him, because the Lord has need of him. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Thank God for the rope. Everybody, let's say that together. Thank God for the rope. Sometimes you're tied up in something and you know the season is changing. You're about to be called to a different place. But the thing that you are tied to is what is keeping you properly positioned for when Jesus actually comes and recruits you. I remember when Crystal and I first, uh, when we first had Haley, uh, we had uh, our own business. We still do today, several businesses, but we had our own businesses then and different projects. And there was one in particular that we did and it was a great business. Uh, but, but something happened and it just ransacked our revenue. And it, it was, it wasn't anything we did, wasn't anything that any one person did. It was just a, a course of events. If, you know, the scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Sometimes good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Well, it, it lit, we went from one month. It was like, man, we're just headed to the moon to the next month. We can't even see the moon. You know what I'm talking about? 
and and it was just a it was a it was a trying time uh, uh, through good ideas and effort and and the hand of God. You know, God blessed us through that. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed beg bread. We were never begging bread or anything like that. But it was a challenge. And I remember seeking the Lord, saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because one thing I've never been scared of is change. Matter of fact, I, I'll start to get a little uncomfortable when, when everything stays the same all the time. I don't, I don't like everything to stay the same all the time. I don't, I don't like the same thing all the time. Uh, because there, there's one thing that, that's interesting is whenever you have something fresh, it's usually appealing. But when something gets stale, sometimes it's not appealing. The Bible says, don't live by bread alone. Come on, all you keto people. It says, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Who here has ever been to Olive Garden? What's the best thing they got? Hashtag blessed. Somebody said salad. No, it's not. <laughs> it is a good salad, but that bread is where it's at, Okay. But here's the thing, that bread, if you, if you got some of that wonderful Olive Garden bread and you set it out in the yard for about six months, it's the same bread, it's just stale. So you need fresh manna. Everybody say fresh. So I was praying and I was like, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Goodness gracious. I just felt the Lord saying, keep on keeping on. Stay doing this, doing this. And I'm just like, I don't see it. No way, no way. Well, it just so happened that, that where we wanted to live was, was uh, close to that particular business. And well, let's just go buy a house, praise the Lord. And, and I, I saw this house and it had a handwritten for sale sign. And we wanted to live in that neighborhood. We liked the house. So I called the guy. The guy met me there, walked through the house, said, I'll buy the house, praise the Lord. We were buying it well under market. We were going to redo it. We were going to sell, live in it for a few years and sell it, make a bunch of money. And it was just kind of standard practice for us. That's what we were going to do. But the guy that I met, was a very nice guy and we became fast friends. Turns out he was a believer. And, and so I said, man, let's go eat lunch. So we started having a set lunch appointment one day a week, every week we would go to this little restaurant in the woodlands and we would have, we would have lunch and we would just share about what God was doing in our life. Uh, uh, he was a, he was a, uh, he's a little bit younger than me, but we have very similar, uh, bends and, and, and just mindsets. And we had these great meetings. And, and then one day I'm sitting in my office and I had this idea and I thought, man, that, that, that may be a good idea. So I went to lunch with my friend and I said, what do you think about this idea? He said, I think we ought to do it. I said, well, you want to try it? He said, let's try it. So we spent about six weeks getting this new business plan together. We got the new business plan together and finally decided, you know what, let's pull the trigger and let's try that thing. And I'm sitting there going, okay, here we go. We're going to try it. Let's get, let, let, let's figure it out. Let's do it. And wouldn't you know it? We, in six days of launching that business, we made $27,000. And that business has been running now for over a decade and has blessed him and my family exponentially. Now, in the moment, I was the colt tied to the post going, I'm so ready to go. I'm so ready to get out of here. But if I hadn't been tied to that post, I'd have never met my friend. And if I'd have never met my friend, I'd have never had the idea. And if I'd have never had the idea, we'd have never put that business in play. And if we'd have never put that business in play, I never would have been financially able to uproot my family six years ago and not need one thing from one person and move to the Brazos Valley, drive a stake in the ground, say, we're going to build a life-giving church where people love them, love people, and point them to Christ. 
all these things because of a rope. Sometimes you got to thank God for the rope. What have you experienced in your life that you would not have experienced if you had had every prayer answered immediately? Sometimes God is trying to hold you in a place just long enough because he is sending somebody to set you free. Somebody say, thank God for the rope. So he said this, he said, he said, if anybody asks you, just tell them the Lord has need of him. And they, 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 they were sent and they went their way and they found, even as he said unto them, they walked in, they found the colt exactly as he said. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, why are you loosing the colt? And 34 says this, the Lord has need of him. I came to this town and my goal is to try to help Set people free. And when you get set free, it's your job to help other people get free. The reason is, number two, the Lord needs them. He really does. All God can do it any old way, 100%. He can do anything, any way, but he uses humanity to reach humanity. He uses rescued people to rescue people. The Bible says at one point, Jesus crossed the lake. He said, come on, let's go to the other side to get to the other side. And they're at a place called the Gatherings. There's a man there who has 6,000 demons in him. That's pretty intense. And the Bible says when Jesus stepped out on the beach, that the man with 6,000 demons ran over to him and fell on his face and began to worship him. Did you know 6,000 devils can't stop you from worshiping God? The Bible says that, that he looked at him and he said, he said, who are you? And, the, and, and one of the demons shouted out and said, we're legion because we are many. And Jesus said, I'll tell you what, legion, why don't you get out of this man and go over there and get in those pigs? And the demons went and jumped in some pigs and the pigs jumped off a cliff. And the Bible says that the man began to worship Jesus and everybody that was there, they were, they were so impressed because here was a man that could not be tamed. Here was a man that had never been broken. Here was a man that had never been bridled, all of a sudden sitting, the Bible said, clothed and in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. Did you know Jesus targets the untamed? Because people that don't care what people think about them before they know Jesus, don't care what people think about them after they know Jesus. Just looking around the room, I can tell we have some rascals in here. He went all the way to the Gadarenes, set this one guy free. When he set him free, the Bible says that the man says to him, he goes, he goes, you know what? I'm going wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus said, no, you're not. He said, you're going to go tell everybody what I did for you here. Why? Because the master has need of him. The Bible says that the religious people of the area, they looked at Jesus and they said, that's good that you set him free. But what about our pigs? We want you to get out of here. So Jesus got right back on the boat and went right to the other side. In other words, Jesus goes where he is invited and he will leave where he is dismissed. 
The Bible says that, that the man went and began to tell everybody what had happened. And everybody was astonished. You see, uh, in your life and my life, we got to thank God for the rope. Because sometimes the rope is God keeping you in a position just long enough so that you will actually be untied. The Bible says the man was loosed and began to witness and tell everybody what had happened. In your life and my life, sometimes you go through a season a little bit longer than you think you should be there. Because God is sending somebody at the right time because he has need of you. He needs you to be free. He doesn't just want you to be free. He needs you to be free. Because when you get free... When you decide to be free in God, when you decide to let that, 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 that Galilean Savior's blood wash you free of all your sin and all your iniquity and all of the, the, the terrible mindsets and all those things that have happened to you and all those things you did and those things you wish you'd have done. When you finally get free, you become a beacon of hope for everybody else. Now, all of a sudden, you're not just an untamed colt. Now, all of a sudden, you can actually be used by God. Mustangs are beautiful running through the open prairie. And I like it. And I think it's one of the most beautiful pictures you could paint or snap a, or grab a video of. But the truth of the matter is, a horse that can be used is a horse that has some level of tameness to him. Something that can be ridden, something that can be used. Literally, when, when they said, and Jesus said, look, nobody's ever sat on this horse. I'll bet you Peter and John or whoever it was that he sent were probably sitting there going, are we fixing to have a rodeo with Jesus? What's going on here? Now, I grew up in East Texas where, you know, everybody did some kind of cowboy work at, at some time or another. And you, you don't just go jumping on horses that nobody's ever ridden. But that's who Jesus sought out. That's who Jesus seeks out now because he knows if he goes and, and rescues the, the, the rascal, he's always looking for a catalyst. Quick question. Are you the catalyst in your family? Are you the one that's not going to go back? Are you the one that Jesus can use to lead everybody else out? Are you going to be set free? Come on. Is today the day you take all the alcohol and throw it out of your house? Is today the day you crumple up the Marlboros and throw them in the, in the trash can on your way out and say, I'm not doing it again. Why not? Because I want to lead my family out of this stuff. I'm tired of being tied up. I'm tired of being bound up. I'm tired of paying all this stuff instead of actually being free. Is today the day? Oh, don't get it twisted. You can still go to heaven and smoke. You will get there much quicker. (laughs) Well, 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 what what about alcohol? They drank wine in the Bible. They did, but they didn't run around getting drunk. Jesus never did. It's not in the Bible. And and neither were were the disciples celebrating that kind of nonsense. They weren't bellied up to the bar drinking Miller Lite till two o'clock in the morning and acting like they were holy. That's called trampling the blood of Jesus under your feet. That's called a cycle of sin. Somebody's got to break out because when you decide to break out, now all of a sudden, God will use you to lead everybody else out. All you rascals. See, it's a shift whenever you let God untie you in an area. It's a shift when you decide to be set free. It's a shift when you lay aside not just sin, but every weight that's holding you back. 
You can carry some stuff with you that's heavy. You just won't get as far in this life as you're supposed to get. You're going to have to set some things aside. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to lay some things down. That, the Bible says that that colt was, was there and the disciples walked up. And, and as they were untying him, rightfully so, somebody said, hey, what are you doing? And they said, the Lord has need of him. And the Bible says they brought the colt to Jesus, verse 35, and they cast their garments upon the colt. So they took their coats or their, their overcoats off and they put them on the donkey, on the, on the colt that nobody had ever ridden. And then they set Jesus on the donkey. Verse 36, and as he went, the Bible says they began to spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, when he got, to, when he got near, the whole multitude, everybody say multitude, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Everybody say loud voice. Because of all the mighty works that they had seen. The whole multitude began to rejoice. With a loud voice, they began to celebrate. They began to magnify God. They began to take their coats off. Now think about this. This is probably a very interesting scene. Taking their coat off. A lot of people were waving palm branches. Taking their coat off and throwing it in the dirt so that a donkey could walk on it that was carrying a man named Jesus. And while this is happening, everybody is shouting. Number one, we got to thank God for the rope. And sometimes you won't understand the reason for the rope until you get further down the road. Number two, the Lord has need of the people you're supposed to be untying. Number three, you've got to praise God on purpose. Come on, let's say that together. Praise God on purpose. You have to praise God on purpose. It has to become who you are. You've got to get so good at worshiping God that nothing will stop you. You've got to get so good at magnifying him. You've got to get, there's a place you can go and worship where the devil actually realizes anything he does is not going to stop you. Because if one thing he does stops you from praise, you've just exposed the next thing he's going to do to you. Praise on purpose, magnifying God on purpose. The Bible says the whole multitude. Matter of fact, let's, let's read that again. The scripture says, when he was come near, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, only the loud people began to rejoice. Only that certain lady at church that always shouts really loud. Only that one guy who, as soon as it gets quiet, is the first one to say, amen. (laughs) Just a couple of them, just a few of the disciples, and they did it with a small, sheepish, quiet voice. Now, my Bible says the whole multitude. Somebody say multitude. Did you know praise and worship is not a denominational thing? It's not a cultural thing. It's a Bible thing. And did you know also, I can think of lots of, 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 
times in the Bible where people that shouted got the miracle. And I can't think of one time where God told people to be quiet in their worship. I can't, I can't think of one time where Jesus said, shh, stop worshiping. Did you know Lucifer got thrown out of heaven when he stopped worshiping? If you don't like praise and worship, heaven's going to freak you out. You're going to be walking down Glory Avenue on your way to Hebrews Coffee Grounds. And all of a sudden, some little pocket of people over here is going to be having a life group talking about Jesus. And one of them is going to start singing, great is thy faithfulness. And then across the street, somebody's going to go, mm, oh God, my father. And then before you know it, by the time there are three stanzas in, all of heaven is going to be, is going to be resounding. There is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's going to be a crazy worship party all day, every day. The angels that are around the throne worship all the time. I would say 24-7, but there's really no time in heaven. But for the sake of it, all day, every day. Somebody say, praise on purpose. Glory. We good? You got to be ready to praise on purpose. You got to change some stuff. You say, well, I wasn't raised that way. Well, thank God you don't have to stay how you were raised. A lot of you were raised racist, but you're not a racist today because Jesus untied you. Come on, you can change. Somebody say, I can change. You got you to praise God on purpose. Sometimes praise. You put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You ever just felt heavy? Oh, I know all you keto and paleo people have no idea what we're talking about. I just feel so good. I just... yeah, you, you can just feel heavy and down. Put on that garment of praise. All of a sudden, it just, things just start. All your circumstances may or may not change. But you start changing. He starts to just shift and, and turn things. You got you to gotta praise him on purpose. You got you to gotta have a decided factor. You know, I've heard this a thousand times. I don't want to sound too churchy. Well, I sure don't want to sound too worldly. I don't think worship turns people away from God. I think they were already turned away from God. I think worship brings the presence and the presence draws the hearts of people. That's what I think. You got to praise God on purpose. In my life, I've developed some, some praise phrases. If I hit my finger with a hammer, I can't promise you what will come out of my mouth. But most of the time, it'll be, praise the Lord. Now, how did that happen? On purpose. Why? His praise will continually 
be in my mouth. Well, that, that sounds funny. It does sound funny when you first start. But after you start living that way and you start seeing the benefit of praising him on purpose in your life. See, I, I thought everybody, I thought everybody sang in their house. I know that, that like, look, you may be sitting there thinking this, like, but pastor, like, I'm, I'm not that good a singer. First off, we know. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. I don't come up here and sing to out sing somebody. I come up here because I want him to know you got at least one in the Brazos Valley that appreciates what your son did. There's a lot of people that might can out sing me, but I won't be out worshiped. I'm going to make sure that he knows that I appreciate. So it's on purpose. I didn't realize it, how it was getting on me whenever I was growing up, but there was not a day. I can't think of a day. When my mom didn't just sit down and play the piano and sing, my dad would come home from work and grab the guitar and just, just start playing and, and, and worship always filled our house. Always. And I thought it was normal. And me and my brothers, we just start singing too. Do you know why? Your children don't do what you say. They do what you do. So we thought that's what people did. And I remember before starting New Heights Church for two years, I, I, I didn't realize at the time. I just, I was, I, I just felt tied up. But I didn't realize that I, I had all these different devils and ideas trying to attack me to stop us from coming over here. I was like, man, I don't know what it is. I, there's something missing in my life. So I went and bought a piano. I didn't know how to play piano. God bless YouTube University. I started playing piano. I said, man, I, I said, I, I like playing guitar. I play guitar. I like playing guitar, but I wanted the sound of the piano in our house. I wanted my children to grow up with that. So I started, I started, I got the piano. I put it in there and I got it tuned and I started singing. And, and, and this church was birthed off of one song. Everybody say praise on purpose. This church was birthed off of one song. I would sit there and I would come home from work and I would drive over into the Brazos Valley and I would pray during the day and, and I would go home and I would sit there and I would, I would sit down on the piano and, and, and it would almost be like the devil himself was knocking at my door trying to convince me not to do it. And this song would just pour out of me. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise to stand upon the mountain. And to magnify your name. So tell all the people, every nation that it reigns. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. Zion is another word for like the city of heaven, the city of God. And I would sit there and, and I'd hear all these, 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 these thoughts. You can't do it. Oh, you don't even know anybody. You don't know one person in the whole county. And I'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But something's calling me up. Something's calling me to a higher plane 
of worship. Something's demanding that my spirit not stay the same, but actually begin to worship God. I dare you in your own house. Maybe you don't play an instrument. You're never too young or too old to learn. All my children play. You're never too young. You're never too old. But if you can't play, you can play a CD player. An iPod. Sit in, your, sit in your living room. Your den, your study, your kitchen table. Get your children around. If your children are in your house, if they're not. Get you and your wife or whoever's with you. Get, get there. And just say, let's worship. If you've never done it, it's going to feel awkward. Like a three-footed duck, awkward. That's how awkward it's going to feel. Let me just tell you. I feel like people should tell the truth. It's going to feel awkward until you get in. And then it's going to feel like the breath in your lungs. You say, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't sing that good. That's all right. You say, well, I, I, what do I do? What do I say? Just shut your eyes and worship. Why? Because on purpose, you praise God. In the good days. Come on, in the bad days. I don't get sick very often. Matter of fact, I'll never be sick another day in my life because I'm so healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I remember a few years ago, I was, I was terribly sick with a virus. One of those kind of viruses where you lose a lot of weight really quickly. You know what I'm talking about? Couldn't hold anything down. It's crazy. But I remember sitting there and I was just sweating, you know, just tears running down my face from, you know, just the whole thing. Just terrible. And I remember thinking, this doesn't happen very often. I want the devil to know I'll worship him like this too. I started singing, I'll never forget this song. What a good God you've been to me. You provided far beyond everything I need. What else can I sweat? Just pouring cold chills. What else can I do but give praise to you? What a good God you've been to me. You start getting on purpose with your praise. It's like telling the devil I'm the wrong one to mess with. That's what you do when you worship God anyway. Because if he can't silence you, because if he can silence you, he'll hit you with the same thing. But if he finds out it won't stop you, he's got to go find something else to try. And it shifts everything. So they're sitting there and they're throwing their clothes off in front of Jesus, their coats off in front of Jesus. And, and Jesus is riding his donkey and everybody's shouting. And everybody, everybody's magnifying God for the stuff that they've seen. It's an amazing, it's an amazing scene. The greatest parade in history. Jesus is walking, or the donkey's walking, and Jesus is riding. And, and a religious guy comes up called a Pharisee. Pharisees were all about the outward display of what they considered holy. But they had a very, most of them had a very tarnished heart condition. And so they were always looking at other people. When you decide to praise God on purpose, you will, by default, stop judging everybody else's worship. 
you won't even notice the loud lady to your left. You won't even notice the loud guy to your right or whatever. Because now you're actually praising God on purpose. You're actually making the decision to magnify God. And the Bible says they were just shouting with a loud voice. The scripture says that they had thrown their coats off and they were all there. And and the scripture says they were saying, blessed be the king, verse 38, that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace on earth and glory in the highest. And then some of the religious people, the Pharisees, came from among the multitude and said unto Jesus, Master, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus is like, what? He said, I tell you this, if they would hold their peace, the rocks under their under your feet would cry out. The stones would shout right now. He said, you don't have a clue what's going on. He said, he said, you don't understand. They're not shouting because of something that they've only heard about. The Bible says they've seen it. You know what I think was happening? I remember there's great stories in the Bible. I love them all. But many times the ones that shout get the miracle. There was a guy named Bartimaeus. Most time he's called blind Bartimaeus. Because he was blind until he met Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus was walking by Jericho. And and Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is just walking by. And all of a sudden, all of Bartimaeus' friends said, shut up, Bart. He doesn't want anything to do with you. You're blind. Keep your mouth shut. And the Bible says that when they told him to be quiet, that he shouted even louder. That's in your Bible. And the Bible said... And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is just walking, doing Jesus stuff. And all of a sudden, bang, he stopped. He said, who was that? He said, that was Bartimaeus. He said, bring him to me. He said, what do you want? He said, I'd love to be able to see. He said, bang, you can see. A shout ushered him into his miracle. See, it's not a cultural thing to shout. It's a Bible thing. I would never let the Dallas Cowboys get more of my praise than Jesus Christ. And I love me some Dallas Cowboys. Come on, if you're if you sit and shout at your TV while your favorite UFC fight's going on, but you sit at church like this. Your pray his praise should be continually in your mouth. I just get a picture of this happening. You got Jesus riding that donkey and you got the disciples all around him and they're carrying and everybody's shouting and they're throwing their, their jackets in front of Jesus and they're waving their palm branches. And I wonder if Bartimaeus didn't walk up and go, Jesus, Jesus, hey, 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 Jesus, can I, can I guide your donkey? Can, can I guide the horse? Can I do it? Because I couldn't see, I've never, I've never guided a donkey. I never got to. I petted one. They used to let me pet them, but I couldn't guide them. Can I guide it before? And Bartimaeus is walking by going, here comes Jesus. This is the one that made me where I can see. Here comes Jesus. I wonder if the woman caught in the act of adultery didn't walk up wearing a a, a robe white as pure driven snow and say, this is the Jesus that set me free while everybody else was trying to condemn me. 
I wonder if there wasn't a man standing there with two hands just waving them like this. And everybody said, why are you acting so crazy? He said, well, one of my hands used to be withered. And Jesus met me at church one day. And now I've got two hands. So I'm going to wave them. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I wonder if there wasn't a man. I wonder if there wasn't a man skipping down the middle of the street holding his 12-year-old daughter's hand. A man named Jairus whose daughter was dead before Jesus showed up. Skipping down the road saying, dance, baby, dance. Why is he going so crazy? Because my little girl was dead and now she's here with me. You can't stop my praise. I wonder if the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years that pressed through the crowd was dancing through and saying, I was sick, but that's the one that set me free. Jesus said, you don't have a clue, man. If these people didn't shout, the rocks under your feet would shout. How many families has he set free? I wish five people would give him a shout that he really deserves. Thank God for the rope. Come on, he untied you. Go untie somebody else. He needs them because they'll go reach somebody else. And lastly, you got to praise him on purpose. I have a real passion for men being men of God. Daddies, show your children how to worship. Show them the power of your praise. Show them the passion you have for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care if the world thinks it's popular. We're not in this world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Respectfully, that's their problem. We who are free are free indeed. But you got to praise Him on purpose. You got to decide that's who I am. That's why I'm here. I said, well, I never heard this. My challenge to you, with as much respect as I can muster up, is go read the Bible and see what you find. That's what it says. There's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus was like, stop worshiping. 
But there's plenty of places where nobody's worshiping and then a voice rises up and like a moth to a flame, Jesus said, I'll heal that. He's drawn to worship. And where his spirit is, there is freedom. That's why he wants your mouth closed. The enemy. That's why the enemy wants your mouth closed. You literally usher in the presence of God when you magnify him. And no devil in hell can stand against our God. Every head bowed, every eye. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.